I am Jen Wilson, author and body, mind and soul coach. Welcome to the I Am podcast, where we explore who you are. Hi, welcome to I Am Jen Wilson podcast and this is Jen Wilson Today I have got Lara Millward on the podcast and Lara had commented on one of my other podcasts saying that it sounded really interesting and when I had a wee look to see what it was that she did, I thought that she was somebody that I definitely wanted on to have a conversation with. So we arranged that and had the conversation and that's what I'm bringing to you today. Um, as always, you know, technology likes to drop in and out on us and we did lose a tiny bit of the conversation, but what I'll do is I will jump in at the end to fill in any of the gaps. And just before we jump into this week's podcast, remember you can check out my books on amazon.co.uk or .com or wherever you are in the world. And if you just search for Jen Wilson as the author, any of my books will come up or if you search for nine rules to sort your shit that will also bring them up and I would love to help you sort your shit so that you have an amazing rest of your year so listen to the podcast let us know what you think and I will see you on the other side so um, yeah I was having when you you commented on one of my posts and I had to look at your stuff and I was like oh you look like the stuff that you're doing looks really interesting and it would be great to hear more about your story like your backstory and how you got to doing what you were doing and what it is that you do and how you help other people sure cool. sure absolutely um I was lucky enough to grow up in in the Rocky Mountains in Canada wow and I think I think that lit a fire as a, as a young woman uh, as to the joy of the outdoors yeah. And the joy, the joy of physical health, because it is just one giant playground. School was not as restricted in terms of hours as it is here. And there's a lot mm. of, you know, we would have a snow day or a ski day or things like that. So in that sense, it was a, it was a lovely childhood and a very free childhood with, with the ability to play. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to see to the dog as we chat. Um, <laughs> bashing on the, bashing on the cage. Um, um, Moving, moving to England at 12 was quite dis- disruptive. Yeah. I found myself uh, in a difficult position of having been quite far behind um, academically. Um, but, you know, you hear lots of people worrying about education here at the moment. You, you catch up. I caught up within a couple of yeah. years. Um, but what I felt very different arriving here was how much girls and boys were separated in the physical and sports world mm, yeah. and were separated in the playground. Um, and I, for the first time, came up against, you know, I was stronger and faster than a lot of the boys, but a lot of the other girls, you know, weren't, weren't involved at all. And yeah. I was quite surprised by that because in Canada growing up, it didn't matter. We arm wrestled with the boys. We played with the boys. It was quite, it felt very... Um, felt a very level playing field and I didn't have that awareness of what a girl should be or what I, yeah, 
that I couldn't do or I couldn't yeah. swim with them or ski with them or jump in the lake with them. That had always been part of my repartee. So I was quite surprised by that um, and found myself feeling a little bit of a square peg in a round hole. Yeah. Um, um, I then, I guess because the sport wasn't, I, I've been thinking about a book called sort of From Teenage Traumas to Woman Warrior because then I got into the puberty stage. Yeah. I was academically trying to catch up at school but sport was much less suddenly in my life and being used to training very hard um, I then wasn't and got pretty chubby put on quite a bit of weight yeah um, and actually that knocked my confidence for the first time in my life hugely um, I retracted into myself a little bit I was quite horrified by myself and I wasn't quite sure I didn't really talk to my parents about it I wasn't sure I hadn't worked out in my mind what was the connection here what yeah. was missing in my life that made me feel good and made me feel better about myself yeah and at the same time you know I had to get glasses all this sort of thing so I lost having been a very confident and extrovert child lost a lot of confidence um hid from people stopped doing what I've been doing in terms of sports and that obviously just just made it worse I did, I, did get my, I did get my A-levels. I didn't do as well as I could have done. Yeah. Um, I think I was suffering for a few years there of, of well, as I said, just lack, lack of confidence, lack of yeah. self-esteem. Um, and it's often a difficult time for lots of people, teenagers, finding out who you are, where yeah. you sit. You know, we had lots of, I had lots of trouble with, it was a girls' school. Lots of mean, mean girls. Uh, yeah, a lot of the, Yeah. A lot of the teasing, taunting, and, and I'd say maybe even touching on bullying. I wasn't yeah. such a prevalent word then, yeah. um, uh, but felt quite ostracized for a while then. I found my feet at university, and that's where I think it dropped back into place going to Loughborough. I did political science at Loughborough, as I've always felt, felt a bit of a... One of my friends said to me the other day, you've always been a campaigner, and I'd never really thought of it like that. Yeah. But... Uh, but did a political science university at Loughborough, in fact, and that's where I found my feet again because there was everything on tap that I loved. Yeah, it's big for sport yeah. down there. Jumping, skipping, hopping, whatever it is, swimming, triathlon, as soon as I had my fingers, in, and it was almost like I got Laura back. Yes. And it's not just weight-related. I guess what I'm, I'm not, I don't want to make the connection that everything about my self-esteem and confidence was to do with my weight or being chubby or not being chubby. It was so much more about how I felt about myself and who I was and being back in sport and those endorphins and the, the joy of being outdoors and part of a team and that sort of purpose that comes from being part of something where you feel that you belong. Yeah. You know, whether, whether dance is your passion or bowls or so whatever it is, being part of that group. Yeah. And I really, really found my feet again and that was an, an absolute joy. Um, and I think from there, you, it sort of dawned on me in going forward, really the, the joy of exercise and health and, and what it can do for a person, yeah. uh, both physically and mentally. Uh, and that became really a cornerstone of me going forward. I went from university to work as a researcher at the House of Commons, um, one of the things I'd studied at Loughborough was women in politics. We'd done a, a section on gender and their book had just come out, Claire Short's book about what page three means to women. 
yeah. the effect it had on women. I can remember feeling very impassioned and slightly outraged at the way women had been treated, were being treated, were being represented in the press and the media and films and the sort of everyday sexism yeah. that we were being exposed to. So that became um, very much a part of, of my raison d'etre. And joining the House of Commons was really interesting as a researcher. Uh, we worked on a bill getting more women into Parliament. Um, where am I going with this? I'm just rambling. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because you've, <laughs> you've had that. You had this background where you weren't you weren't identified so much as a female to then being put into an all girls school where you were yeah. very much identified as a female to then go into something where it was like, no, well, how can we turn this round? Because there was there's clearly a big problem here that yeah. we don't we don't understand or we don't recognise because it's just the norm. Yeah, sorry, I lost you there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, you've summed that up really well. I never really thought about it that, but you, it was. I hadn't been identified as a female or felt very different. And then suddenly in England, at a very formative stage, um, it was all girls and I was a girl. And, and lots of girls felt that they couldn't do or weren't able. I think there was... Uh, uh, and I find that with women now, actually, now I work with women in exercise and health, is that often women doubt themselves, doubt their abilities, and there isn't that confidence. Yeah. And actually, when you lead someone and help someone to get there, which is the biggest reason why I'm now in health and fitness, because it's amazing the transformation in people once they realize that they can, even if it's, you know, running one kilometer or, I don't know, able to get the floor for some people yeah absolutely it's just yeah. getting out the door yeah you know um and fearing judgment fearing failure mm. and actually we are also capable much stronger in everyone i've met and worked with they are much stronger much more capable than they ever believe they are and that's the best job i can remember a financial um meeting we had more recently and she sort of look, looked at looked at me and she said well you know you're not going to make you're not, you're not going to make a lot doing this sort of thing. And I said, oh, you know, this is, this is the richest job I've ever done. Yeah. Because of, because of the feedback, the lady that I did the Sunday Times article with that came out last January, she took my hands earlier this year and said, you've saved my life. Yeah. I mean, I, and... I guess me just bumps. <laughs> yeah, it, it is just absolutely. And it was just someone holding their hand and saying, yes, you can, and I'm going to do it with you. Yeah. As simple as that, really. Um, yeah. And it's a shame, you know, we're, we've got a society where people are talking about loneliness, people are talking about mental health issues. Um, and I see, particularly getting outdoors, outdoor health and fitness as the biggest cure, giving you a community, you know, giving you a tribe, giving you a reason and a purpose, giving you time to put your phone down and connect with people. Yeah. So it's so powerful. Um, and especially, and again, another side of that is an aging population. You know, we want everyone. I talk to people now who are in the seventies and eighties, they don't want to be a burden. They want to be a resource and we, and we want that wisdom, but we also want them to live well so that they don't feel like they have to go to the NHS and they don't have to be this huge bill that yeah. everyone thinks they're going to be. Um, and, and we, we have the knowledge, don't we? We have the 
food sources in this country. Most people have great shelter. You know, we're not fight. We're lucky. We're not fighting um, yeah. for yeah. survival in that sense. And we, we can have everyone living well. Um, and I think there's that whole need to boost community and, and, and fitness groups are a great way to boost community in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. What's the biggest sort of challenge that you're finding at the moment with people that you're working with? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> the biggest challenge. Um, I, I, yeah. I'm going to pick the one I hear from women who are still saying things like my thighs are too big or, uh, you know, the, the old school way of labeling ourselves. So if I, if I were to flip back to university and how we were being talked about and, you know, objectified and how we were objectifying ourselves, I don't think that language has changed. And I think the biggest thing we can do as women is to change the language so that it's different for our daughters and our nieces. So the first thing that comes out of your mind isn't about the width of your thighs or the length of your legs. Um, it's about how intelligent you are, how strong you are, how brave you are, how thoughtful you are. And until we, we as women change the language we use about each other, yeah. then what, then, then, you know, then society will change. It's not going to change if we keep, I was trying to figure out my argument on this the other day. And I yeah. think it is if we keep, and please, please correct me if it sounds rubbish i'll test it out with you <laughs> okay <laughs> whilst whilst we keep focusing on the sex in our gender mm. we will be no more than the sex in our gender so for example if we are selling fitness clothing by bosoms and bottom and certain poses rather than actually being photographed doing fitness or sport yeah. we then are objectifying on ourselves because we're selling the sex in our gender if we keep talking about ourselves as breasts and bottoms and each other yeah. and using it commercially we will be held as a sum of our parts does that make sense yeah totally so and uh, you know if we break if we can break the glass mirror as women because we're still thinking i'm not tall enough thin enough beautiful enough i've used those words against myself i have trouble getting it out of my head I've had trouble, you know, as a trainer standing in front of people. Are people thinking I'm not thin enough? Are people thinking I'm not this enough, not that enough? Am I too old? I've now got wrinkles and, you know, gray hair coming through. <laughs> is, that, is that not? And then I think, no, I believe in what I'm doing. I believe in the people I'm with. And it's, it's about so much more than that. But those words still go around my head. I told you about how, how that happened to me again in my 20s. I lost, I lost my way. I lost the discipline of the exercise. And immediately that almost became a mental health issue for me. I can remember trying to go to work one day and I was so disgusted. I was so full of self-loathing. I couldn't get out the door. I remember it so vividly. Yeah. I couldn't go to work that day. I felt disgusting. And, it, and when I... So I guess in some ways that exercise has helped me control those voices because yeah. it boosts my mood and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's energizing when I do it and, and removes those, what my executive coach, I love it, called internal saboteurs, the voices in your head that 
you're not good enough, you're not this, you're not that, which we all, we all can have. Um, Do you, so that's, that's, a long, that's a long answer to your question, isn't it? <laughs> Brilliant answer to the question. So you, would you say that for you, exercise is almost a form of meditation, that it helps yes. that, that noise? Ab absolutely. Absolutely. It helps. Um, and I know lots of people have different ways of dealing with it, but mm. it's my meditation and my thinking time. So even if I doesn't have to be running for performance, actually it never has been for me. Yeah. It's the space to think. And I always come back clear headed. Yeah. I'm not naturally a runner. I like all sorts of different sports, but being outdoors and being on a journey, whether it's a bicycle, even a dog walk, I find I can mull through what feel sometimes claustrophobic thoughts or difficult to come to an answer and I have some of my best you know ideas I think when I'm moving or exercising yeah. rather than sitting trying to force it there must be something about energizing the whole system and you're yeah, and I think they've proven it they've, they've proven it haven't they Gordonston are using active revision aren't they because they've shown that exercise improves speed of thinking concentration and learning so they get to obviously it's simple get the children out exercising and then they revise better it's it's not really rocket science you would have thought it sounds all common sense doesn't it i know it does but yet so many people are sat still because they, they're now saying that sitting is the new smoking it says yes and bad for our bodies is lighting up a cigarette and um, so yeah. moving a lot of the body a little rather than a little of the body a lot is so yeah. much more beneficial what is it yeah yeah yeah. That's the other thing I find fascinating is how far we become removed from our biology. Yeah. So, you know, we're being told to eat plot, you know, eat something that is a plant doesn't come from a plant, you know. That's kind it's kind of <laughs> obvious. You know, your body was meant to move forward, to lift, to carry, to there's only one way of moving, walk or run, you know, we we were built that way. Yeah. Yet we we seem to need studies or someone to tell us that 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 uh Needs to be that's the way it should be. Yeah, exactly. Before the NHS will say, yeah, go for it. <laughs> <This is> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. One of the, um, an, an Irish medical firm sent me a lovely email yesterday that said, my fitness stuff that I did in the Sun, the Sunday Times recently, and they just said, thank God, someone with some common sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your voice is being heard. Which is lovely. Well, I, yeah. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I listened to um, Katie Bowman's podcast. I don't know mm. if you're, you're aware of Katie, Katie Bowman. She does a lot of movement stuff, big into barefoot. Okay, Katie she's Bowman, take, okay. Yeah, she's taken a lot of standardised furniture out of her house. Like she's quite extreme ah. movement stuff, and she has very specialised furniture that gets you to sit in more natural positions and so that you don't want to sit and get overly comfortable, so you keep moving. But even coming down to cooking, she's like the art of cooking, standing and chopping the vegetables is movement that so many people don't do because they buy pre-chopped veg yeah. or pre-packaged food that all they have to do is stick it in the microwave and that just even that skill of being able to hold a knife and move your art your hands and that that kind of way is a lost art for so many people that if we can get that back That's even so just true. small things like that are going to be so so beneficial for everybody yeah yeah i was listening to some um radio four earlier today and it was kind of sad no mm, I've lost you a little bit here 
getting also not able to walk or they're, so they're getting taxis to and from but they're get their shopping and basic things like that but they're again not walking nobody they're aware that they're not moving and just either sitting at home or in the taxi or bus or whatever Mm. Have, I lost, have I lost you there? Yeah, yeah, I lost you there. Sorry. <laughs> That's Sorry. all right. I got the start of you were listening to Radio 4 and then it kind of dipped in and out there. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was quite a dull point, so we move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I think I, I just listened to myself and I was like, okay, that was boring. <laughs> <laughs> so how much um, influence do you think that social media has on people's lack of movement? Ooh, on people's lack of movement. Oh, I'm probably more than we like to admit, um, especially when I watch my daughter's age group, you know, 15, 16. Um, and, you know, they need to do their streaks every evening. They need to do Snapchat. It sort of pulls them in. So age group dependent. I'm not sure my age group, I'm, I'm coming up 49, I think. I am definitely using my phone a lot yeah. um, and everything's on it. My emails, my documents, you know, social media, things like that. So I suspect with the, you know, 15 up to 25, 35, that there is a lot more time on, on screen than there is moving. I would suspect. So I suspect the um, impact is higher than we probably think. Yeah. Probably more of the danger I would say is, is the, body image issues and the amount of if I was just, just to look at the fitness industry the amount of muscular and beautifully turned out creatures um, yeah. in fitness that I think will probably it gets in all our head we know the more you look at pictures of other people you're thinking gosh I'm not like that I don't look like that I don't look like that lady that does yoga I don't look like that guy that does crossfit um and we all know that whatever we watch and view Im impacts how we feel about ourselves. So that I think is probably as dangerous as, as the lack of movement is, is the, the feeling whether I can join that gym or join that because I don't look like that. Yeah. And people forget that the people that they're looking at don't look like that either because yeah. they've conditioned themselves either for a particular photo shoot and then go and drink the water that they need to drink and eat the food that they need to eat after that, yeah. or the image has been photoshopped or filtered or whatever beyond recognition. So if you saw somebody in real life, you would be like, you actually look more human than you do in these images. Yes. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Completely. And, I, and I, even though we all see, we all know that. I'm sure you know that too. And yet, yeah. yet I know that when I flick through social media, sometimes it can make me feel rubbish about yes. life in general sometimes if you let it yes and we're and we're all you know and, and if someone is a vulnerable feeling vulnerable mentally or whatever it can be really destructive yeah yeah definitely yes when i i wasn't well just coming up two years ago and i remember lying in my bed and i was flicking through social media and it just seemed like every picture i was looking at was this perfect figure doing the most amazing yoga on the beach having the best life and I was just like unfollow 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 because it was making me feel so bad about myself because yeah. I wasn't well I couldn't do anything whereas if I had been a bit healthier and been able to move and go to the gym and stuff I probably wouldn't have had such a negative impact but where I was mentally it was having yeah. a real but I was 
self-aware enough to catch myself and go, I need to unfollow these people just now because they're not good for me. But if you've not yeah. got that kind of awareness to be able to do that, it's like yeah, you're competing yourself all the time. Yeah. We had um, a really nice... I'm sorry to hear you are unwell, by the way. Mm. And uh, I hope all is well now. I'm all good now, yes. Thank you. Good. Good. Uh, my daughter and I, she came training with me over Christmas and the Christmas holidays, and we had so much fun together. And I was so proud of what she achieved in her ability. And it was a really nice group of people. Um, and I posted a picture later on of the two of us together and say how nice it is, mother and daughter, you know, lead by example and all those yeah. kind of things. And family time can also be about exercise. It just doesn't have to be about the pub or the cinema or whatever. Um, and she was asked me moments later, take it down, take it down. Someone's taken a screenshot of it and they're telling me I look like a monkey and they're telling me I look like a this, that and the other. Oh my God. So as soon as it had gone up, screen shot had been taken and she was only in her gym kit and, and it yeah. wasn't um it wasn't exposing gym kit yeah and immediately immediately she was being harangued for what she looked like and is that by and friends thought, or by strangers by friends um, supposedly yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and girls mm. that's so harsh and horrible yeah and it was so, you know, and, and, and I say to myself that, you know, comes back full circle to my argument before. When are, what are we doing, girls, to each other? I see it in my daughter's life now. I had it in my teenage life. Mm. I had bosses at work that definitely did not want to include me, female bosses at work. You know, we have to take ownership of this debate. Yeah. I know there are things we can blame patriarchal society for. I realize that. But let's move on now. You know, yeah, it's been a while since the 1670s, since Jermaine Greer, since Claire Short. You know, it's time to move this on and own this argument and yeah. change our behavior to each other, I think, and champion each other. Otherwise, it's not going to change. Yeah, because if we're not empowered by each other, then we're not all on the same team. And then we're a, we're a weaker target. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, break the glass mi mirror so we can focus on the ceiling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You've got a business called Blitz Fitness. I have, yes. I saw on your website, I think there was something that sort of came together through a conversation in the, at the school gates or something like that. That's right. Yeah, we, we can you like tell us a bit more about that? Sure, we like, we like to, Karen and I call that the school, get, school gate business model. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> our, our second, both of us, our second child, had, uh, were going into reception um at school and we got talking in the schoolyard and we were both had decided to do our personal training qualifications um and we said should we try something together um we didn't know each other yeah and we thought what why not and word of mouth at the school gate i think we started the first session in june 2009 for about 10 10 12 women maybe yeah um, um and we had so much fun Somehow people kept coming back and here we are exactly 10 years later and 300 people. Wow. Um, it's generally been word of mouth in this area. Um, yeah. Most people that come to us are our parents, but the sessions grew and we had more and more. And then the dads came along as well and men came down. And <laughs> yeah. so we've just got a community who've run half marathons together and we've done those mud runs together. Um, yeah. We've been into a few schools and done some lunchtime things for teenagers. 
Karen does one little exercise session at a nursery school, so three wow. and four year olds. Yeah. Um, and it's been a really fun journey. The last three, last four years, we've taken people to Kefalonia twice a year. Um, and we hooked up with another company that was formed by two women uh, who do sailing, paddle boarding, and that sort of thing. Yeah. So we spend four days in Greece. Um, and you know, it's, it started really with, with mums, but has, has grown to include men and women. Um, yeah. and it's, we've just had lots of fun with it. Lots of fun. Brilliant. Brilliant. So where is that based if anybody was listening and wanted? We're in SW13, SW14. So we have part, we have to have licenses to be outdoors. So barn, barn elms track. We have one for Pellwell Common and one for Richmond Park. Yeah. One for the Royal Parks. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So where is if, if people were listening to this and wanted to follow you on social media, where is the best place for them to find you? Uh, at Lara Millward would be the best, as I share oh. stuff from Blitz and from my. So Blitz is my sort of part of me, and then the other part of me is is working as an individual coach. Yeah. Um, is involved with the Virgin Stripe Challenge, as you've probably seen. Yeah. Um, and teach a bit of Pilates and also doing a bit more writing and commentating on fitness and well-being. Yeah. And getting a good, strong message out there. Exactly. Yeah. I really, I really want to, you know, started, it's, it's going well with the Sunday times and the 16 weeks of, of work for people over 60. I, we would yeah. then want to work on looking at young people, teenage girls, things like that. So yeah, strong message out there is, is the aim. Yeah. Brilliant. I will share the links to all that sorry did i lose you is that did that come through i could hear you um Good. i will when i listen back to the recording i'll check that it's there and if it's not i will fill in the gap <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you um, yeah i'll put what i'll do is i'll put the links to your show um to your instagram page and to your website so that people can see this stuff because you've got links to the articles in your yes well, so that if they just want to read that that they can they can read it and then they can find you. Thanks very much. That's brilliant. Well, anything else you want to share just before we finish up? Um, let me think. Not really. I think in terms of life, I think it's the onus, uh, as I said to you, is on women to champion each other. And I think it'd be nice for everyone to find someone in their life, whether it's their sister, their neighbor, their aunt, someone that they can champion. Um, um, and the other thing I would say is to, is to find that community for your physical and your mental well-being. find that fitness community, whether it's dancing, whether it's bowls, whether it's running outside, cycling, yoga. I think it's uh, wonderful to be part of a group that meets regularly yeah. um, and keeps your connection with other humans. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And is there a book actually going to be coming out? <laughs> <laughs> is that exclusive? <laughs> I wonder, I wonder. I, I, I like the, te I I like the Teenage Traumas to Women's Warrior. I like your Women's Warrior name. I, I, I'm, that's yes. it. Yeah, that sounds like a, a title that's ready to have words put behind it. <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Let's see <laughs> if I've got the bravery. My, I've got to read, take my own medicine. Yeah. And be brave. Yeah. <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Thanks so much. No it's been problem. delightful to talk to you. And to you. 
Thanks for listening and remember to leave a review and subscribe over on iTunes or SoundCloud. And check out what's going on at IamJenWilson.com or head over to Instagram and give us a follow, just following IamJenWilson.com.